And this is what it says. Amen. Everybody there? Glory to God. It says, And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Verse 13. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. So a lot of times we look at this and we say, well, this, this is the verse that every person that ever, ever has ever preached always preaches on the faith, right? The faith of Abraham, which is, that's what it is, the faith of Abraham. But did we understand that before any of this happened, God had already ordained that thicket to grow. Think about that. He had already ordained the goat to walk into that thicket before Abraham even went up that mountain. God had already put things into place that we were going to sow. So if we think of our in our lives, think about how many things in your life that you have gotten, you've gotten to reap and sow because God put it there ahead of you for your good. Not, not for evil, for your good. And sometimes we don't even see it and sometimes we don't even understand that it's there. But everything that we get to reap and sow in God's name for your good, God had already ordained it. Many years or even centuries ago, it was there ordained for you today. We have to think about that. We have to really put our mind the fact that Abraham went up that mountain thinking it was going to be the hardest day of his life. But God already had the solution waiting on top of the mountain. So when we think about the things we face, we got to realize, God, I'm facing a problem. I'm having to climb a mountain. I'm not sure where, where it's going to end up. You have already ordained the solution for me. You have already You've already brought me, you brought me this far, you're not going to let me fall. Amen? You have already ordained the solution for me. And, and my problem is not going to last because I'm putting my full faith in you and I'm going to move forward in faith. Amen? I'm going to move forward in faith. You have already ordained the thing that's going to deliver me from this, that's going to heal me from this. Whatever it is, you have put that there. All I get to do is reap and sow the harvest that you have laid before. Amen. So God, that's how he works. And he, and he shows this in his word over and over again. Uh, turn to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And I promise I didn't trick you this time. That actually is the one I said, okay? Chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And let me read this to you. Verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, 
I like that it says the mountain of God. Even in, even in Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And then verse 4 says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see him, to see, God called unto him out of the pits of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And of course, we know the incredible story or the incredible account of what God does with Moses. Amen? It all started in that encounter. But the bush was planted before all this. You got to think about that. He, the seed that put that bush into the ground, that was put in the ground to grow, to get Moses' attention, God had ordained that already. The angel of the Lord appeared in a flame in a bush because it was supposed to get his attention, right? Because we, we think, oh, well, that, you know, we're thinking, oh, I'm seeing, I'm looking at fire. But then Moses said, wait a minute, wait a minute, that bush is not burning up. What's, that's something different. So now I'm going to go see this great thing. See, because if it had just been flame, a bush in flame and just burning up, well, it wouldn't have been any, anything different. Moses would have said, well, that's just, you know, that's burning. You know, I'll, I'll just leave it alone. It's going to burn itself out. We're going to keep going. But he saw that the bush was not consumed by the fire. So God used that bush and the Spirit of the Lord to get his attention. But it was there planted already before Moses even escaped out of Egypt. Before Moses thought of even the thought of, of Jethro and Midian and, Midian and everything that happened there. Before all that, God had already ordained that seed to grow. I mean, God is incredible that way. He, he is so far ahead of what we need that we don't even realize it. But we have to trust because of that. We can trust God because of that. Because His ways are higher than our ways, and because He sees farther than we will ever see, we can always trust God in every single trouble in our life. Because He's going to direct us. He has already laid the foundation. Amen. He's already, he's already gone ahead of us and laid the foundation. He's already gone ahead of us. And, and before, we, before we do this farmers to family thing, God had already ordained that for that to happen. We just said, okay, God, we're going to go in your will. And there's going to be people that drive by, and that's going to be divine appointments. Every single one of them. And we have to trust God in that. No matter what it is, we have to trust God. We've got to move forward with God because He has already established the steps we have to walk in. And we just got to trust Him. We just got to trust Him in all of those things. Amen? Glory to God. All right, now look. Uh, turn to Luke. Turn to Luke chapter 19. And this is verses 1 through 10. And how many remember reading about this? Because uh, this, this is used a lot in, in, in Bible school in Sunday school they talk about Zacchaeus you know the, the guy the short statured guy right they always there's even a song about him climbing the sycamore tree but we 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 hear about this story all the time and and we, we think about oh yeah he was so adamant to see Jesus right it was it was it's a, it's the it's the message of the heart that he had to see Jesus and he wanted to change his life and he went after Jesus and and we think about all that but do we think about the fact that there was a seed planted before all this. 
and a tree grew, a sycamore tree grew in that place years and years and years and years before Jesus even walked through that road in Jericho. Think about that. That tree was ordained there to be grown for Zacchaeus to climb up to see his salvation. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. What has God done? What kind of, you know, metaphorically, what, what trees has he put in your life so that you would be able to climb up and see your salvation? Think about all the things that God has put in your path that has led you to here. Amen? That has put you in this place right now. How many things has God put together? Now we can go back and see it. You know, that's where they have the, the saying that hindsight is 2020. You can only see it as you walk away from it. Because we're, we, never, we never realize when we're in the middle of it. We never realize that we're, when we're right in the middle of the, of the trial or, or the happiness. We never realize the whole orchestra that God has put in our lives. We can't ever look at it because we're right there. But as we move toward God, we begin to see his plan of our life. We begin to see the, the puzzle come together, the mosaic that he has created for our life, our path that we're supposed to walk ultimately to be with him in heaven. And it's just an amazing thing that, that we get to look back now and say, God, you did that for me. You did that for me to be here today. Amen. And, and, and for me, it was, it was one of my classmates simply saying, Alex, aren't you wanting to learn to play the drums? And that's all it was. I go back and look at it now. I go, God, wow, how did, you did miraculous thing through people. You put it all together for me to be here today. Because it was that one invite, that's all it took for me to be here now. It's just one person reaching out to somebody else in the name of Jesus. And that's all we have to be. God does the whole thing. We just need to be that one piece of that person's whole thing and say, I'm going to be that piece in Jesus' name. I'm going, to, I'm going to invite that person to church. I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to show God to that person. And I'm going to be part of God's plan. I'm going to be that one seed of God's plan. Amen. Let's read what it says here in, in Luke 19, 1, 1 through 10. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. So he was a tax collector. He wasn't a good guy, okay? And he was rich. Well, he was rich because he stole, okay? That's why he was rich. Verse 3, And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press all the crowd. That's what it's talking about. He could not see anything past the crowd. But he wanted to see this guy named Jesus that everybody's been talking about. Because he was of little stature, he could not see over everybody, all the crowd, Verse 4, and he ran before, so he got ahead of the crowd, basically. He climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. So he knew which way Jesus was going. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. 
And verse 6, And he made haste, and he came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw, when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be, to be guest with a man that is a sinner, right? Because everybody was looking down at Jesus for how dare he go eat with a sinner. He was a publican, which means he was a tax collector, which means he didn't work for the people. He worked for the Roman government collecting taxes. But at the same time, he stole to make himself rich. So, you know, they're like, how dare Jesus do that? Because if, if you were Jewish back then, that was not the custom. You were not supposed to eat with sinners. You were supposed to keep yourself undefiled, free from sin. So that meant you cannot partake in that. You cannot eat or gather with those kind of people. Uh, verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come unto this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. And that's the verse we always always hone in on, that you know Jesus came to save the lost. He came for the sinners. We're, we're supposed to be compassionate to the sinners. Amen? We, we, cannot, we cannot say that we're going to look from afar, because Jesus didn't do that. He saw Zacchaeus. He saw that he was looking for something. See, I believe Zacchaeus got to the point where he had all this money, but he had no uh, real riches. He had physical riches, but he had no real riches at all. He had no spiritual riches. He had no friends to talk about. Well, and if anybody probably was his friends, probably because of his money. Because he probably paid for things for them, right? So, so he was not fulfilled. And he heard that the Savior of the world was coming down that street. He, he knew. And God orchestrated all that for Zacchaeus. Isn't that amazing? Think about all that God has done in the Bible. All the, all the miraculous things that has happened in the Bible that God did that we can now read and believe in. But yet... Just the simple act of, of creating a tree for one man to see Jesus. Because he knew where he would be at that moment. God ordained it and orchestrated that whole thing so that we one day could read it and it would affect our lives forever. Think about that. Just one instant affected his life forever. And again, that's what we get to be. As Christian believers, we get to be that one tiny pebble in the giant ocean of God's plan, but that tiny pebble, me and you, we can have an impact that will affect somebody's life forever. Just like that tree did. We can be that seed and we can grow into something for God that will affect somebody's life for eternity in heaven. They will get to be in heaven with us because we choose to be that kind of seed for God. Amen? That we choose to do that for God. So again... Jesus says, you know, salvation has come to you today because you were searching it and because you were looking for it and because you have decided to change. You no longer want the world. There's a lot of people out there that have reached a point where they're like, I don't want this anymore. I'm tired of the world and I need something different. And that's where we come in and go, I can, I can show you the real life. I can show you the real life. Amen. People that will drive by, 
Some of them are probably sick of the world. Amen. Think about that. <laughs> I mean, if we didn't have Jesus today, would you be sick of the world? I, I, I could play. Yeah, you could always say, if I wasn't a believer in Christ, I was just out there in the world. I would be pretty tired of the world and what's happening. I would be pretty frustrated. But the fact is, I know Jesus. I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be anxious because I know the Savior of the world has changed my life. And I know no matter what happens, I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be with him forever and eternity. And I don't have to worry about it. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, turn to Matthew. Matthew, uh, this is chapter 21. And verses 18 through 22. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 22. It says this. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. This is Jesus. He hungered. And he went, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Now in Matthew, this says that if you look at it in the other, in the other gospels, right? Like Luke, Mark, when it talks about this, it says that the disciples came back that way and they saw the tree had been withered away and they were just marveled. They're like, how can this man just speak to this and this happen? You know, God was showing, Jesus was showing a miracle to them. Amen. He was, he was trying to show them, hey, I am God. You're, you are walking with the Savior. And he was trying to show them that. And so look what it says in verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? They're like, how is this? This doesn't happen. Trees, you know, they kind of wither over time. But he spoke unto this thing and it's gone. You know, so they marveled. And Jesus answered them and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. All and all things, verse 22, And all things... Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus was saying, just believe, have faith, don't doubt. If, if we doubt God's ordinance in our life, if we doubt it, we say, well, God, that wasn't you that brought me to this. But when we think, think about that, what are you saying as a believer when you say, God, that can't be you? Because if we're believers in Christ and we're saved Christians, that means everything we face is ordained by God. Because if we're walking in God's footsteps, that's where he's leading. we got to trust in it. But we can't, not, we can't doubt it. When we begin to doubt, that's when Satan creeps in and says, that really wasn't God. Or he's not really telling you to go this way. Or, or yeah, you, you're entitled to your opinion. Amen? That's the dangerous ground. We're not, we're not entitled to our opinion because we're supposed to serve God with full faith without doubt. So we can't bring in our human opinion, our human perspective. We have to kill that and say, no, I have to go where God sends me. I have to do what God tells me to do. I have to go through what God has me to go through because I can trust him that he's going to bring me through because he's already put that seed into place that has my salvation. He already gave Jesus. That was a seed that gave us salvation. 
It was already there before we were even created. God said, I want you with me. You are my elect. I'm, I'm saving you from sin. I'm saving you from the death from the eternal death because I love you and I want you. You're my creation. I don't want you to die forever. I want you to live forever with me. So he already did that for us. So if we trust in Jesus, we trust that God sent Jesus and he died for the cross and he rose again and now we can be saved. If we trust in that as Christians, we have to also say the same thing for everything we go through in this life because we got to trust God because he's already made a way for us to be with him. And so we, we can't let doubt come in. So that's what Jesus was saying. He says, you know, believe. If you have faith like this and don't doubt, you can go through anything. He said, you can, you can tell the mountain to be cast into the sea, which is, you know, was basically saying anything. You can overcome anything through me because of your faith, not doubting. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now go to Matthew uh, chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, verse 32. So just as we've been talking all morning long about how God has planted physical seeds that literally produced a tree or a bush and it was used for his, for his purpose, let's think about this now. The cross that Jesus was hung on was planted by God. Let's think about that. We don't, I mean, that's something we don't really think about. The cross that Jesus hung on was a tree. And that tree was ordained by God to grow. When God told that tree to grow, he knew his son would be crucified on it. He knew that. But because he loved us, he allowed that tree to grow. And he allowed that tree to grow strong and tall. So that would be cut down by those Romans to use as crucifixion instruments. He allowed that to happen. Really wrap your mind around that. But because he allowed that to happen, we have salvation. Because of that tree, that old rugged cross, we sing a song about the old rugged cross. Because of that tree, we can be free. Amen? Glory to God. That's, that's an amazing thing to think about. We think about Jesus dying on the cross, but we don't think about the fact that God planted that tree. And he said, this is my will. This is my will for you. My son will die on this tree that I've planted for your salvation so that you can be with me in heaven one day. Look, look at Matthew. So let me read to you what it says in Matthew here. Everything that surrounds this tree. So as I read this, think about this is this tree. This is this cross that was created for Jesus. Matthew 27 verse 32 says, And as they came out, they found a man, a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him, compelled, and they compelled him to bear his cross. So the cross that Simon carried, that was an ordained thing. That was a divine appointment. To literally symbolize that one day we would carry a cross for Jesus. Like Jesus says, carry your own cross. You're, you're also going to have to face persecution. But the cross represents more than just, oh, I got to carry. It's not, it's not a burden. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a joyful thing. That, that we can do what Jesus did. That we can bring salvation to somebody else. 
Just like Jesus did by carrying that cross. But, but Simon here was told to carry God's cross by one of the Roman soldiers. Because that was a law. The law said that any Roman soldier could tell anybody what to do and at least for a mile. I think, I think that was the minimum. You had to carry somebody else's burden for at least a mile. That was law. And the Roman soldiers could tell you to do that. So here's this guy, Simon. Again, all this is orchestrated by God. When you begin to really study everything that God put in place for Jesus, it'll it just blow your mind. It'll just blow your mind. You're like, wow. And, and this guy right there was just coming to celebrate the Passover. And all of a sudden, he's carrying the Savior's cross. Amen? All of a sudden, he's put right in the middle of it. And that's what God intended. And that tree was planted years before that. Look at verse, uh, verse 37. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. All this happened in the shadow of the cross. All this happened in the shadow of this tree that was planted by God. God had already ordained this from many, many thousands of years before. And it said, and set up over his head his accusation written. So this was written on the tree. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And that was written in all three of the languages, Greek, Hebrew, and Latin. It was written there for everybody to see. And it was posted on that tree. And God knew that that was, was going to happen. God knew that was going to happen when that tree was cut down and made into a cross. Uh, verse 38. When, they, when, when then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And we know what happens in that story of the one on the right hand saying, please, you know, forgive me. And Jesus says, you'll be with me in paradise. And that happened on another tree that was planted by God. Man, when we think about all these things, and think about how God's hand is in our lives. How can we ever doubt anything that God does for us? Or anything that we have to go through? How can we ever doubt God's ordinance? He has already put it into play. Every, every day that we live and every day that we live after that, God is already ordained. God said, this is, this, is, this is the day that I've ordained for you. And if we choose to do His will, it's going to be a good day no matter what. No matter what, it'll be a good day because he has ordained it. And then look at verse 46. This is the last one that I'll, I'll talk about. Verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabitani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So God knew when he planted that tree that Jesus would be hung on. God knew that that would be the tree that his son would, be die, would die on. And that would be the tree that he cried to his father. He knew he was going to hear his son crying to him. And I don't know about you, but I'm a father. When my kids cry, that hurts me. Amen? When my daughter cries, that hurts me. As a mother, when you hear your children's cry, that hurts. That hurts. You, you run to them. You run to your, kid, your children's cry. God had to withhold himself when he heard his son crying on the cross. Think about that. He, he could have saved Jesus from that. He could, he could have said no to all of us, but he chose us to say yes by planting that tree years before, by planting that one seed that would grow to be that tree that would be the old rugged cross. 
God said yes even before that. So how, how much does he love us that he would take time to plant each and every seed that we would ever need in our life so they would bring us back to him? That's amazing. That's a loving God. That's the God we serve. That he would take that time to do everything that we would ever face, every step we would ever take, he ordained toward him. As long as we move toward God. As long as we move toward God. And every step after that, God is going to ordain. See, God is God is never taken off guard. Here's, here's what we got to realize. God is never taken off guard by our circumstances. And in fact, he's already made provision for that. He's already made provision for every single circumstance we would ever face. He has already planted every single seed that we would need to be guided by him. And we just have to trust God and move forward with it. If you want to make a lifelong decision to follow Jesus Christ, pray this with me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I am sorry and I repent of my sins. I accept your free gift of grace that was your son Jesus, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of all my sins. Come and live in my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. If you pray, prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you're freed from sins. You're a, you have become a new creation in God because of Jesus Christ. The next steps are crucial. The next steps are very important. If you've made this decision to follow Jesus Christ and to follow him the rest of your life, Find a good Bible preaching church. Get connected to the Christian community that believe in Jesus Christ and preach according to the full gospel of the Bible. Begin to study that Bible and then follow the Spirit's call for your life. I'm excited for you and your decision that you have made. And I'll be praying with you that God will lead you through the Holy Spirit to the salva full salvation knowledge that he has for you. God bless you. Well, that concludes this episode of The Encounter. Thank you for taking time to meditate on the word today. God bless you. And may the spirit of God guide and lead you always.